Hi, and welcome to the Athena Rising podcast. I'm Dana. I started a journey long ago to heal myself, and I want to bring you along. I have a master's degree in counseling, plus certifications in Reiki, regression, and hypnosis. My goal is to help women heal our unique emotional pain by showing you all the ways that exist to do just that. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves, we are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Every Tuesday, I'll introduce you to guests, topics, and modalities that will inspire you to try something new on your path. Let's get started. I have learned so much in the last few years about astrology. And if you're new or semi-new to it, I think that you're going to find this episode to be really interesting. I interview Beth Lauderdale, who is an evolutionary astrologer, and her mission is to use your astrological chart to help inform your evolution as a soul who is having a human experience. Interestingly enough, she is actually a former CPA who ran her own accounting and bookkeeping business for 20 years, and then she experienced an awakening and decided to follow her passion by pursuing astrology. Her unique take on what is written in the stars really fascinates and inspires me. She's also a fiction author who has published several short stories and one book. Links to her website and publications can be found in the show notes below. During our conversation together, we look at whether or not astrology is predictive. So can she tell my future? And how does free will fit in with what is written in the stars? And she also explains to us what evolutionary astrology is. We even touch on the handmaid's tale. And she talks about the energy that is swirling around right now regarding the potential for a collective trauma to happen very similarly to the handmaid's tale. But she also talks about what we can do to avoid this as a culture and as a society. As a bonus, Beth is offering my listeners $25 off of any reading. All you need to do is mention the Athena Rising podcast when you book and your discount will be honored. I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, Beth, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and about your line of work that you do? Okay. So um, so my my first career was as an accountant. And so I had uh, my own bookkeeping and and, um, uh, accounting group. And so that, and I really enjoyed that. I worked on my own and I worked with individual clients. And so I was very supportive of, of entrepreneurs because they wanted to sell their product or create their business. They didn't want to do the, the backroom stuff, the accounting stuff. And so to me, that was a, a really good niche for me because I could do the accounting work, which, which worked well on one side of my brain. And I could still be sort of supportive of those, the people. And, um, but that was great for a while. And then I had a major, we're going to be talking about astrology here. So, uh, I will talk about my major Pluto transit, which was Pluto transiting the sun. And we'll, we'll talk about Pluto a lot pretty soon. Um, but it's, a, it was a major life transition event that occurred for me. And it, it took a couple of years to make the shift, but I moved from, from doing accounting work to this woo-woo area that I always enjoyed and, um, and began doing astrology readings. And it took a while, a couple of years for, 
for all the training that I needed to get and the background information. And so now I am, have been, since then, a full-time astrologer and a professional astrologer, and I've been doing that work for 10 years now. And um, there's, there are many different subsets of astrology, but basically the, the type of astrology that I do is evolutionary astrology, where we, we really look at the, the soul's intention and what their true deeper meaning is for each person to be incarnated in this, this lifetime. That's been an area that I've always been interested in. It's like there's, there's got to be more to life. You know, why are we here? What are we supposed to do? What's the deeper meaning? And when I realized I could see that in an astrology chart, that, then that was all I needed. The passion took over and off I went. And um, I think that, that, that understanding that piece of it is, is, I have a lot of people who come to me for, for other kinds of answers. But knowing that what the soul is sort of intentioning you to do and sort of poking you to do can help you make decisions and remove blocks and, and move whatever third dimensional real life kind of thing that you want to accomplish, it can help move that down the road too. So, so even when somebody comes to me talking about romance or money or career, health, those kinds of things, we still look at the deeper deeper meaning to what what is the real um the real message here and the real intention yeah so tell us more about your saturn return and maybe how that led you to evolutionary astrology oh okay um, i'm interested in that <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so so actually it was a pluto transit oh transit and, and whenever we have um saturn returns are a big deal too but um <laughs> But whenever Pluto transits a major point in our chart, it's Pluto is about death and rebirth. So very um, interesting area. Um, and so what happens is that something has to, to die or fall away in our lives in order for there to be room for that rebirth to occur. And so when we have a major Pluto transit and that would be against any of the, the personal planets usually. So the sun, moon, um, Mercury, Venus, Saturn, even Jupiter, but particularly the sun and the moon. And in my case, this was, was um, Pluto transiting the sun. My son is in the 10th house, the house of pr profession and career. So that put the focus on that area of life for me when I had this transit. So, it's always easier to, I know this now, I didn't know it at the time, it's always easier to move with the energy that is being presented to you than to butt up against it. So it's, you know, um, you, you know you're either walking with the wind or against it. And so um, it took me a while to figure that out. And a lot of poking and a lot of things that kept, kept coming up for me. And it was um, a challenge on my physical body, it was a challenge to me emotionally. But eventually I realized that, um, that I was supposed to leave the accounting world behind and move more to, to an esoteric um, life in general, even. Not just career-wise, but just in general. And um, it, 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 uh, I was fortunate that my husband came with me. Um, 
because it could have been the other way around if it, it had been somebody that if, if it had if he had been the kind of person that wasn't willing to to let me do that exploration and so it was it was a major transit took two and a half years to accomplish and I came out the other other end kind of beat up but with a new purpose and understanding what I was supposed to do yeah you know the thing that I've learned from studying astrology in the short time that I have um, is that so much of our life is written in the stars but it's really up to us how it actually plays out and so I think a lot of people are concerned well is this going to show me the future I don't want to know the future and it's it's really not that it's just it's kind of showing the energy or the tides the the, the way things are going to flow but it's up to you how that actually manifests and um, comes to be <laughs> created in your life right Absolutely. There's, um, you can think of an astrology chart as sort of like the, the map of your hometown, say. And within that, within that geographical boundary of a city, there is thousands of right turns, left turns, intersections, situations that you can, you can experience within that boundary. The astrological chart is, is that boundary. And so we usually can't go outside of that boundary. That's where the fate versus free will concept comes in. But within that boundary, any choices that you make are uh, end in a different result. So, so you're, you're absolutely right that it's the, when, I, when someone comes to me for a reading, I can't tell them exactly what situation is coming up for them. I can just tell them, here's what the energy looks like, and here's the flow of energy, here's the, um, the area of life that it's affecting you, and how it actually manifests, it just all depends on the, the circumstances. I've been blown away by being able to see the energy in the chart, the person finally comes to me, and then hearing what their situation is, that that fits exactly with the energy, but I never would have come up with the scenario on my own. Hmm. So I don't even try to do that anymore. I just let the, uh, I just put the energy out there and ex describe what it looks like to me based on the, the chart. So it's, um, at that point, the person has the choice to uh, go with the flow of, of the energy or not and depending on what that decision is then they can either have an easier time of it or a less easy time of it but eventually all transits end it, it, it's, it is truly a transit and eventually we will come to the other end of it and so that's the other piece that is when people come to me and they're going through a difficult situation to understand, to be able to step back from it just a little bit, understand that, that this is a learning opportunity. And, and if we can step back from it a little bit and, and say, what is it I'm supposed to be learning from this? Then it helps to separate the emotional component to it and to understand that at some point, and it's not that far down the future, in the future, at some point it will end and it will be resolved and you'll go on to whatever the next learning situation is. Yeah, but when you're in the middle of something, that it's hard to um, to understand that. 
<laughs> That's for sure. Yes. So if you were to see something on someone's chart, I, well, I recently had a reading with you, I should back up and almost everything was like so accurate. <laughs> if you were to see something on someone's chart and um, you know, explain it to them and then they would say, that's not right at all. You know, what does that mean? Does that mean that maybe they've chosen a different path and that that's in the stars, but that it's not happening or, you know, what does that mean? Well, well, there's a, a range of, of energy, you know, from, from A to Z. And so it's, it's difficult to know exactly where along that scale, the, the energy will come in and, and affect somebody. Um, some, um, I did a reading with, with a woman, it's been a few months ago now, and it was a, a birth chart written, or a, um, a solar return chart reading. So we were talking about just the energy for that year. And it was quite focused in a particular area of life. And she kept saying, there's nothing going on for me in that area of life. I don't, I don't know what, what we're even talking about here. And that, that was fine. I just kept with, on with the reading is this is going to, this is the energy that's going to be a focus. Here's a, the range of ways that it could occur. And, um, and then I just let it go with, with her and then let her um, kind of experience the year to see what happens. And then we would, we'll re revisit it at, at the end of the year or when I do her reading next year to see, but it depends on the person's evolutionary state as to how the actual activities that will occur that, that bring that energy to, um, to the situation. So as an example, if, if this area of life had been a relationship area of life, it looked like there would be some struggles connected to that. Would it be her, the, the relationship with um, her partner or would it be a relationship related to someone else out in the world or a relationship connected to a business partner or something like that? It's hard to be able to tell what that is because of the specific scenarios. But if there's, if there is, if I'm doing a reading like that and it's, I see the, I see this energy conglomerated in this area, then that's what we'll talk about. Even if they're not experiencing anything that is related to that. There's also a situation of not everything is going to manifest. Hmm. So there can be a strong energy of, of X, say relationship, but that person is totally focused in, in the um, career area. So in that case, there may be somebody even who, who comes in for them that's a potential relationship if they're not in a relationship, but they will totally miss that because they're focused in the relationship area. And that's fine because that's, what they're, that's the area that they're supposed to be, be working in and there may, be, then there may be another opportunity for a relationship down the road year or so that's fascinating and that also speaks to free will that we can absolutely right we can focus on whatever part of our life we want to and that's our choice to maybe ignore that relationship that pops up and keep working or you know that's our free will yes absolutely and and some some if it's a relationship situation sometimes the person's just not ready for that they have their own personal work to do and even if someone comes in that's that's could be a, you know, a potential mate. If they're not ready energetically and emotionally and, and maturity-wise or whatever the situation is, then it's, it is best to let it pass because then it won't 
um, won't be able to sustain. Mm. That's so fascinating how astrology can show you what the potential opportunities are, but you, it's up to you to take them or not. You know, one of the misconceptions of astrology is, yeah. is to be able to have someone tell you exactly what to do or exactly what the situation is and how to solve it. And you can't do that. I can see the energy, but it's all up to them to resolve it and solve it and and evolve through it and learn what it is through that. I can't fix the situation. I can just tell them. And that's very frustrating for me because I have a bit of a fixer energy. (laughs) So it's a little difficult to just let it fall out there and say, good luck. But that's part of the uh, part of what astrology is all about. I love that you bring that up because that's something that I talk about in, um, most of my episodes, because I find, um, you know, my background is in counseling and I found that a lot of people wanted me to fix something for them. And we can't do that for each other, no matter what healing modality you're looking at, whether it's, um, traditional therapy or it's astrology or whatever it might be. No one else can heal us besides ourselves. No one else can know what's best for us. We can help each other but we can't fix anything for one another. So I love that you bring that up. Yeah. And it's appropriate to step back from the situation and let the other person do whatever it is they need to do, because it's not right for us to step in on to, it's their path and to try to shift their path or change their path in any way. Um, from a soul perspective, it's, um, it's not the appropriate thing to do. And I think that's, that's one of the most difficult things for parents, especially. To, I do readings for children, for the parents, too. And um, to see potential um, challenges with their child and not try to fix that. To just let them evolve through it because that's how they're going to learn. That's got to be one of the most difficult things. Oh, I'm sure. And as women, you know, we love to nurture and take care of (laughs) not just children, but each other. And we want to fix, I think most women are probably fixers, or at least a lot of women are. That's just part of our makeup, don't you think? (laughs) I do think so. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Well, along that line, um, I know everyone's chart is different, but I would love to know if you see some common themes for women um, among your readings. So... The interesting thing, well, most of my clients are women, a majority of them for sure. I have done lots of male charts too, but most of them are women. And um, I think that the biggest common theme has to do, of course, with, um, with abuse that, that the person has experienced. <clears throat> in this lifetime and past lifetime, that energy is there in the chart, and, and we talk about that. And the... The challenge that is um, brought to them to to being asked to step into their own power. I think that that, that is a, is a has been a very difficult scenario for women over many past many lifetimes. And so, it, it, when someone comes to me, and it is very obvious that in this lifetime. It is that the soul is requesting of, of that person to truly step into their power, individuate, so maybe not be in a relationship and be on their own, be self-reliant, 
and work in that arena, um, that that has I, I have run across that many times, and the challenge connected to that. It, oftentimes it means the, the necessity of severing a relationship that they're in. And they, they know that. That's why they've come to me to find out if that's the direction they're supposed to go to. So, so that's, that's been um, a, a very central component to many, many charts that I have seen for women. Mm-hmm. And um, in understanding... The, from a soul perspective, the abuse that has occurred, um, this is a tough one because we, um, uh, evolutionary astrologers believe, and um, we, I, I with my husband have done a lot of soul work, believe that the, the chart is a, is a graphical representation of the plan that the soul creates in the time between lives. And it's brought in with you, and we can actually look at it and, and say, okay, here's the plan that you and the elders came up with in this time. And so there is a certain amount of responsibility connected to that plan that was created. And so when you come into a life and you've experienced, you experience a lot of abuse through that, through that life, there's a moment where it's really important to step back and say, well... I, you know, I hate to use these words, but I asked for that. I wanted to experience that. It was something that I wanted to have in my life so I could learn from it. And that's a hard thing to recognize in, in yourself, to accept in yourself, and to look at the other person who is the abuser as someone who's actually given you this opportunity for the lesson. That's, that's a tough one. That is a very difficult concept. But from a, from a soul perspective, that is the, the act, the reality of it. In my opinion, um, I believe the purpose of abuse is to push us to stand into our power. And I think that that is the beauty that comes as a result of abuse. If you're able to step away from it and ask what it's meant to teach you. I think it's to stand in your power to acknowledge your um, unique purpose in this world and to um, see yourself as a divine and um, important being, um, you know, to, to come out of abuse and to say, no, I'm, I'm worth so much more than that. I think that's what abuse teaches us. And so while it is um, incredibly hard to um, endure, I think once you come out of the other side, that is what you typically find, in my opinion. Yes, yes, I agree with that. And, and that's a beautiful way to put it. It is, <clears throat> it's a major lesson. And, and unfortunately, uh, women seem to be subjected to it more than, than males. Um, I, um, whatever the reason is that, you know, maybe it's because we're, we're physically less strong. Um, but there are definitely more, I have run across more women who have that situation than the men that I do charts for. Sure. I bet. And mm-hmm. you know, the reading that you did for me, we talked a lot about, um, Oh, what's the word that you use? Yes. Mass trauma, collective trauma. Yes. yes. 
Um, so we saw that in my chart, there's a lot of that, that that's, um, I come from a lot of that. And what's really interesting is um, I tend to be behind the times on popular, like <laughs> things that come out. You know, my friends are all watching a show and I, I just, oh, that's cool. And then I, like years later, I start getting into things. Well, something has been popping up for me to watch The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. You know, it's been out for a couple of years now, right? And I've ignored it. I've ignored it. And finally, right after our reading, I just thought, I have to watch The Handmaid's Tale. I have to watch The Handmaid's Tale. And so a friend is letting me log into her Hulu to watch it. And, you know, I think a lot of time things in popular culture are ahead or are um, bringing us messages that are important. And watching this has been almost like kind of a soul thing for me. It's almost like I know what they're experiencing. I know what this abuse is about. It's, it's bizarre. And so I'm not really sure what the purpose of watching this is yet for me, but I think it's to be able to heal some of this collective trauma that I'm coming into this life with. Like, have you experienced something like that? Or you're nodding your head, so I'm thinking you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's actually kind of funny, but this is the way the universe works. I am also at this moment watching The Handmaid's Tale. Wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we just started season two. And it's very compelling to watch it, even though it's horrific. Mm -hmm. And it's as if, and then I have, I have been having some really interesting dreams after, you know, those nights that, that we watch it. Um, so there is some sort of collective um, connection here that we're experiencing. But I think the major reason it's coming back, and it may be more people who are watching it, even though it's been a couple, out there a couple of years now, more women who are watching it now, is because there is the risk of this, not the same scenario, probably, hopefully, but there is definitely a very strong risk of a reoccurrence of something similar to this. Mm -hmm. The thought of that is terrifying, but I think if we get it uh, kind of in our face, then we'll be less likely to be subjected to it. It's, um, have, I'm sure you've heard the term about the, the, uh, the boiling frog, mm. about the, um, you know, the, the way to boil a frog is to, to put it in a pan of cold water and then slowly turn the heat up. Oh. And then it, it doesn't realize that it's being, being boiled. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's sort of the situation that we have. We do have some some um, collective traumatic energy that's coming. There's a lot of astrologers talking about it out there. And so there is the potential that, that things can be happening be below the surface and behind the scenes that we aren't aware of until it's too late. And that's why we have to be aware of what's happening out there always. Yeah. So while that um, gives me the creeps and I have goosebumps, it's really important that for us to pay attention. Well, I love the way that you phrase it, that if it's in our face, we can course correct. So it's not that this is like something ominous that this is necessarily coming. This is kind of a, a like a tap, 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 you know, like this is a possibility. So steer a different way, you know, as a collective. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. And, and the other, the other challenge with the, with the collective energy and you're experiencing this right now because you're very tight tied to this is that collective unconsciousness energy is is in a bit of a turmoil 
because there's a lot of fear and, and concern and uncertainty and it's sort of, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's hatred and anger and all of those things in, embroiled in that um, collective unconsciousness. There's good things in there too. And that's what we want to, to tap into. But, but the more we can keep our heads in the right place and stay positive and put our good positive energy into that, then not only does it help the people we're in direct contact with, it helps the collective too and strengthens the collective. So it's important to, um, you know, yes, we will have fears in our daily lives and we'll have situations in our daily lives, but, but the more uh, positive perspective and good stuff we can give to out there into the world, the, the better will be for everybody. Yeah, I love that you um, bring us back to that because watching these things or thinking about these things is so scary, but um, being aware is different from giving into the fear and it's important to see it and then to just stay positive about it, about it and trying to stay high vibrational and all that we do individually will help. So absolutely the the universe is asking us to shift our vibration to to raise our vibration and that's challenging oh, i uh, one of, i think one of the biggest reasons that i have such a, an influx of clients is that they feel that um but they don't know what to do about it. They don't even know how to define it. And so, um, so it's nice to be able to, to identify that for them. But if we can do whatever we can do to, to raise our vibration, eating cleanly, avoiding toxins in our diet and our environment, um, avoiding toxic people, trying to neutralize that energy, all of those things, whatever we can do to, to raise our vibration overall will help. And, it just goes out there into the collective and, and benefits everybody. That's exactly right. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing that because that's really interesting. And I think, um, very poignant for our times right now. So I'm glad we, we touched on that. Um, you mentioned earlier some misconceptions about, um, astrology and about, you know, people wanting to be healed and fixed. And I think that, you know, when there is a pull to want to raise your vibration, you do want someone to help you. Um, but I'm curious what some other misconceptions might be or misunderstandings. Are there others that you face? Um, well, well, one one is that um, sun sign astrology is is very important. It's it's vital. It's what everybody understands about astrology. You know, Capricorn, Virgo, Gemini. That piece of astrology everybody understands what's your sign and and it's a it's an important part of it for sure that is the the astrological sign that the sun is in or it's at the moment of your birth and it's the core of who you are it's how we individuate it's our ego but but not ego in a bad way it's our our ability to incarnate in this lifetime and be an individual person separate from source and so that's an important piece of astrology, but um, a full astrology reading incorporates 10 separate planets, and I add other stuff into that as well, and so each one of those planets brings a different piece to the puzzle, a different part of who you are, and so I think that in, in general out there, the people who are aware of astrology don't understand that it's much more than just I'm a Gemini or I'm a Capricorn kind of, of energy. And so, um, so that's a big misconception that, 
that astrologers deal with. The, the, the difference between um, Vedic and Eastern astrology and Western astrology, that confuses people sometimes. Every now and then it will come up that about the, um, the new planet that's out there. And so does that mean, mean that my, or the new sign. So does that mean my sign has changed? What's the new it, sign? Oh, it's it. <laughs> it it's it is it is it is a very small constellation that um, that has because we can now see it where where before we couldn't. Then yeah. suddenly, and I can't even remember. I think it's between um, maybe it's between Aquarius and Pisces. I, I can't even remember. And, and and so, but every now and then, it goes out there into the the media. You know, the, the social media said, oh, no, that means my sign has changed. No, it doesn't have anything to do, do with that. And so, so that's another thing that, that pops up every now and then. But I think more in, the most important thing is, that, um, is to understand that the work of astrology is, is very vast. And, and it, it's actually a combination between this vastness that can be narrowed down to a specific person. And, and to be understanding that there are so many things that can be read in the chart, not just what you read in the online or in the paper for those few people who get papers these days um, that relates to the sun sign. Yeah, I have to say, uh, you know, for a long time, I really thought astrology was just what you read in Cosmo magazine every month. You know, you look up your sign and it's been in the last couple of years that I realized how in depth and how incredible astrology is. It is a science and an art and oh my gosh, it is just beautiful. And what I find interesting is that you can look at the collective energy of the time. So where this, the moon is, what sign the moon is in tonight will have an impact on all of us differently, but it really kind of flavors the time and, and the moment. And then you pair that with the sun and mercury and oh my gosh, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's beautiful. And there's so much more than just your sun sign. Um, well, I started by looking at my sun, my moon, and my rising. Those were the three that I, that was a good place for me to start, to expand from just, you know, I thought of myself as a Taurus. Everyone knows what their sun sign is. Um, and so those were the three that I expanded on. Is that what you would advise to someone who is, who's sitting here listening and thinking, well, where do I even start if it's so complicated, you know? Yes, I think that's a great place to start. The sun, as I described, is the, the core of who we are. It's our consciousness. The moon is unconscious responses and our emotions. It's our, uh, the way we are connected to source. And so it's, it's watery. It's more, um, more vague, hard to, to get, you know, your arms around. So it's the unconscious responses, the stuff that's, that's buried and hidden. The rising sign is, you can think of the rising sign as, um, as a veil that goes over you as you come through the birth canal. It's rising sign lies on the cusp of the first house. It's the, the astrological sign that was rising in the East at the moment of, of your birth. So the first house is all about you. I call it the me, myself and I house. It's how we, we interact with um, the world and how the world interacts with us. And so the, this veil, the rising sign energy veil, 
flows over us as we come through the birth canal and out into the third dimension. And everything in life we will see through that veil. It never goes away. And so that veil can be a Capricorn energy, which means that you would see the, the world in a very practical way, logical, be pretty well grounded. If it's Pisces, then you see the world through a mystical veil, that there's always something deeper. It's broader. There's, there's fairies. There's, you know, the different. You'll, you're, not, you're not as grounded and you're not as um, maybe as practical as someone who would be Capricorn rising. Aquarius rising, they, uh, Aquarius rising people do not see race, color, um, sex, everyone is the same and everyone is equal and, and it's the, the, for the good of all is a really important concept to Aquarius rising people. So, so those three components are, are very important and it's a great place to start. If, if someone understands truly their sun, moon and rising sign, then they have a really good sense of, of the core of who, the, who they are going into to an astrology reading. Interesting. So as we record this, um, there was a full moon, yes, exact yesterday in Sagittarius, yes. correct? Yes. And um, my rising sign is Sagittarius and I was traveling, which is, you know, like Sagittarius is known as the adventurer of the, <laughs> of the signs. And so I just thought that little synchronicity was funny that I was traveling from Arizona back to North Carolina <laughs> at the exact time of all of that so yes yeah that this was actually a pretty powerful moon uh full moon and um and Sagittarius does rule traveling <laughs> <laughs> and of course my flight home was delayed you know of course <laughs> On a well of course it would be I mean for lots of reasons but but yes so so Sagittarius is um is is all about expansion in whatever form that might be. So it it uh, everything it it touches Jupiter and Sagittarius it expands. So that can be sometimes expanding challenges as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was tested a little bit yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Trying to focus on the positive, though, you know. <laughs> Good. Yes, that's that's an important thing to do. We, you know, as human people, human um, human beings, it's hard to always focus on the positive. But it's if we can if we can manage to do that, things would be a lot better. It is now. I would imagine in evolutionary astrology, you have certain things that you look for on everyone's chart. Do you look at? Um, like the North and South nodes, because those are kind of all about reincarnation and what our purpose is. And would you look at those and what else do you look at in particular? Well, the, the key components, of course, the, the sun, moon, rising sign are, are really important as a part of that. But, but the soul represents the, I'm sorry, Pluto represents the soul in the chart. So, so the planet Pluto brings power to to a chart and that power tells us gives us the ability to actually have incarnated into this lifetime i mean not an easy task to do and so so where pluto falls in your chart tells me the energy that that person has come in with the, the combination energy of past life can be early childhood can be time in utero and um, 
depending on the situation. And so it, I see the flow of energy that is represented by Pluto in a particular sign and house. And that's the starting point. It's extremely important in evolutionary astrology for me to have the correct birth time. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always caution people who come to me for a reading that if they, if they have a general time of, well, my mom thought it was around, blah, 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 that's not going to help me because I need to know uh, the, the location of Pluto. And that is all directed by birth time. So, so that's where we always start. There's lots of combinations of that, and it depends on other planets that are, are um, in proximity to, to Pluto will affect and, and change slightly the energy that that, that has uh, that, that that person has come in with. But then the, the North and South Node are a very critical part of the reading as well. The South Node is all about old energy, past life energy, and it tells the specific circumstances that that soul experienced that created the Pluto energy. Mm -hmm. so, so I can see with, with the combination of, of the South Node in a particular sign and house, the, um, I can create scenarios with that energy of, okay, here's, here's what the soul might have experienced in, in some way. The North Node, so moving from the South Node to the North Node, is the destiny line. It's, it's, the, it's the way the soul wants us to progress in this lifetime. So for a soul reading, it's critical because what's the point? It's great to know where we have come from. But the really important part is, where am I supposed to be going? You know, what does the soul want me to do? How am I supposed to evolve in this lifetime? So the North Node energy shows us that. And it's the, the astrological sign, house placement of the North Node, and its geometric relationship to other planets in the chart. For instance, if someone has the North Node tightly conjunct um, Neptune, say, then that person is being guided and directed to, to live a more spiritual life or to understand that, that there is deeper meaning to, in, to life. The other piece of it that, that sort of expands an evolutionary astrology reading brings in the concept of Chiron. And Chiron in astrology is known as the wounded healer. And it represents all of the suppressed wounding, the actual wounding that we've experienced and traumas that we've experienced over many lifetimes and in the early part of our life, this lifetime. And what it represents is, is a, and can tell me, is the, um, the initial energy of that wounding. So for instance, someone who has Chiron in Aries that wounding relates to something about physic from a physical body perspective, something from the neck up that would have occurred. But from a, a more um, esoteric perspective, it's about going after what you desire and having that be um, blocked or, or curtailed in some way. And scenarios connected to how that could have happened, which would, there would be thousands of scenarios related to that. But, but um, the combination of, of those kinds of things are, are what make up a soul reading and can really direct. I have, um, I've done hundreds of readings. And even if the person 
has not had direct experience of things that I'm talking about, on a gut level or a soul level, they say, yes, that makes sense. I get it. I understand. On some level, they, they are always known. The only time I've done reading, and this has happened only once, where the person said, this doesn't make any sense at all, they had the wrong birth time. And so they, they went back and actually read a document, the birth certificate or something, and gave me the, the uh, correct birth time, and then we shifted it. It just shifted from one house to another, but it was enough to make a big difference. So that's why from, from this point, from that point forward, I said, no, I don't, I have to have the exact um, birth time in order to do a reading, because if you're going to do it, it needs to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my little Capricorn thing. <laughs> <laughs> is Capricorn your sun sign? Or? Yes, okay. Capricorn is my sun sign. <laughs> so funny. That's my son's um, sun sign as well. And I definitely see that in him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Go Capricorn. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, and I just wanted to share, just listening to you talk and then having had a reading with you, um, you know, what's interesting is... Um, my North node is in Gemini and that's all about kind of disseminating information and communication. And, you know, we were talking about that during my reading and I'm doing this podcast. And so it's like, you know, you can have a reading and, and you might discover that you're already doing some things without even knowing, you know, to move toward your destiny. As long as you're following, I think your gut is going to tell you the things that you love to do, if you can make those your career or make them a huge part of your life, you're going to follow your destiny if you just listen to your own intuition, right? Absolutely. And that is a really critical part. And it's sometimes very hard for people to do because there can be a time when you're, when you're, your intuition is saying, this is the direction you need to move in. This is the direction you need to move in. And yet, there's a security component that is saying, no, I'm comfortable right here where I am and I don't want to make that change and shift. And, and there is that, that free will point um, where you get to make that decision. The, that's, you know, it takes many lifetimes to move along our destiny line. It, in the chart, it appears to be a straight line. It's not. It's all over the place. We make progress and then we fall back. We make progress and fall back. And sometimes it takes many more than one lifetime to do it. And so that's so that that go kind of speaks to not beating yourself up about I'm not making as much progress as I want to make it because I hear that a lot too. And it's it's okay. We do exactly what we're supposed to do and we we move along it the way we're supposed to to move along. Yeah, we have to give ourselves grace, right? We can only mm-hmm. do so much and in our own time. So, yeah. I would love to hear, Beth, more about what you have been able to heal or working to heal. I'd love to know kind of your story and, and what has helped you over time. Okay, okay, sure. So, um, so part of my story relates to my husband and his work. Mm. He um, is... Uh, he does regression therapy Mm, and so current life regression past life regression and so for for one thing we have a lot of strange conversations in this household Um, (laughs) (laughs) but but um how we have sort of come together with our work has been very fascinating to me because um 
as I was doing astrology and learning the different types of astrology, he was over here learning hypnotherapy and trying to figure out what it is he wanted to do with that skill. He didn't really want to work in, in more mundane areas, which are, are important, not dismissive, being dismissive of them, but he wanted to, to take it to a step deeper. So when I discovered evolutionary astrology and started talking to him about that, and at almost simultaneously, he discovered regression therapy and realized he could use his hypnotherapy skills um, that way. He did his training, I did my training, and we realized that there were possibly be able to see correlations between what I saw in the chart as potential blocks and situations that people might experience in this lifetime based on past life energy. And he could see, experience that in a regression session. Mm. And we could work together. I could look at the chart first and say, just between he and I, here's the potential blocks. And then he could, can work. It helped to, to sort of hone in what he was working on on the side. And so as a part of that, then I got to be his guinea pig. <laughs> and and so so through his training in regression therapy, first of all, we met some amazing, wonderful people. But we were able to um, to take what I saw in my own personal chart and work on it through in a therapeutic environment. Mm -hmm. And the, and that has has been huge for me personally, and the major amounts of healing that I can do. Uh, and, and that's what I recommend people to do. And I have many people that I send uh, clients to because I can just see the energy and I can see the blocks. It's up to them to take it to the next level to actually work on resolving those blocks and working through those blocks. And I have had the luxury of having somebody here right in my house that I can work with. And so that's that's been... The majority of my healing has been related to that. And I've, I had a lot of abuse as a child and have come to the understanding but with the training that I had to be able to release that abuse and to recognize that not all of it was negative mm. and that there was a, a, a positive component to it. And that, um, and in this case, it was my father and there was looking at it from his soul perspective where he came from, I can understand it on a, on a, a more mature intellectual level, why, why it all occurred and what happened. And, and that's very freeing. And then you take it to the next step in being able to release that energy and say, I'm, I'm no longer attached to that anymore. I have the memories, but I'm no longer emotionally attached to it. And, and it's amazing what can happen emotional healing, but also physical healing. Mm -hmm. Because when, when there are circumstances, situations that we have, oftentimes we take it into our physical body. It's, it's trapped in, in the energy field. It can sometimes then come fully into the physical body and, um, and cause illness and, and degeneration in the, the biological thing that is our body. So being able to release that helps with physical healing as well. So it's, so for me, that is part of the, the Pluto transit where we, that we started this conversation on. That Pluto transit was encouraging me to, to 
learn these things and to eventually, ultimately, release that. And so I've made good progress along my destiny line in this lifetime because of it. And hopefully next time around, I'll get to work on something else, <laughs> which would be really nice. <laughs> so, so it's, it's a, um, it's like, it's a, it's a full meal deal. It's, in, you know, for me, the, the starting point is an astrology reading because that's my passion and there's so much information there, but then it's up to that individual to take it to, to the next level to actually understand what the energy is and how do I work on it? How do I release it? How do I bring in the good stuff and let go of the, maybe the yucky stuff? I love that you combined those together to really give you a jumping point and to see those um, points of pain in this life or in past lives and um, to combine them with another modality to help heal them is beautiful. And you know, if regression isn't someone's thing, they could use acupuncture, but go into it with, you know, or whatever, whatever modality they wanted. Um, but to have that jumping off point, because sometimes we don't even know um, where our pain started or where it began, or we don't remember our childhood. And so to, to have that jumping off point is so helpful, I think. Yes, absolutely. And, it, and you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be a regression and and uh, working in that kind of, of modality, that energy can be released and purged in many, many, many different ways. And that's why I have a, a four or five people that I can say, here's their thing, here's their thing, then they can decide if they want to use any of those people or not. It doesn't matter, but, it's, but the critical thing is to understand that, that I've given you this piece of information and now you take it and... and heal and heal, work on the healing portion of it. Exactly. That's beautiful. I love that you um, offer that up to others and that you are also healing yourself in that way. I think that's just beautiful. So if someone wants to connect with you, Beth, how can they find you? Well, just send me out a mental message and I'll get it. <laughs> but barring that, I have a website and it's, www.bethlauderdale.com and that's the best way to contact me my email is a part of that you can see on my website uh, get some background about why I'm doing this and where I have come from and um, and a little bit of, of um, background on on evolutionary astrology and what it is what it can provide and contact me through my website and I'd be happy to um, to set anybody up with a reading that, that wants to, to do it. If, um, if someone comes to me having heard your podcast, then they get a $25 discount off of the reading and um, we will spread the uh, joy out there. Wonderful. Well, I will put your website and I'll make mention um, that they can receive $25 off of a session with you. I'll make those notes in um, the show notes below. So um, all links will be there. And um, this was just a beautiful conversation. I thank you so much for all the information and um, just all of your wisdom and insight. Thank you so much. Well, well thank you. And, and you're welcome. And thank you for doing these podcasts too, because the more we information we can get out there to people and to, to help women in particular, 
during this time, the better. And so I really am appreciative of you and uh, for taking your time to do these things. It's, it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. I appreciate it. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at athenarisingpodcast.com or at athenarisingpodcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.